right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is, the Fan in the Van podcast time. Uh, all right, so last time, obviously, you know, we got into the, the Sean Watson saga that, you know, let's call it what it is, it's a saga. Um, and more has come to light now. Apparently, Cleveland's giving up more in this trade than what was originally um, agreed to. But on top of that, still the the backlash that has come out, you know, and is it right? Is it wrong? I don't think it's wrong, to be honest with you. And, you know, granted, again, you know, and we said, I said it the other day, and I'll say it again, even though he wasn't indicted by a grand jury, because there wasn't enough evidence to go forth with it, okay? But does that mean that people shouldn't be entitled to an opinion or feel what they feel, especially from the female perspective? Because you have, you know, Michelle Beadle came out and she ripped it. And there was somebody else, and I forget who it was, and she pretty much said, you know, this is a slap in the face by the NFL to all women that you allow him to get this ridiculous contract. And on top of that, you know, there was some feedback about the last episode as far as me having strong opinions on it. And listen, I'm always going to have a strong opinion on something. And I'm always going to try to be real. I'm always going to be honest about how I feel when it comes to certain things. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Cleveland handled this horrifically from start to finish. Not just in the fact of getting to Sean Watson, but, and again, not to defend, not to become a Baker fan, but even the way they handled the whole Baker Mayfield situation to such a point that now where does Baker Mayfield go? You know, the Colts went, they traded for Matt Ryan. They get what a third round draft pick for him. Okay. Not a bad move by Indy, but since like 2016, this will be, you know, how many, how many different starters now? From Scott Tolson to Andrew Luck to Carson Wentz to Phillip Rivers to Jacoby Brissett. And now throw in now throw in Matt Ryan. But does Baker go to Carolina? No. Carolina and Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns have mutual interest to not work together. Does he go to Seattle? It's a possibility. But if Seattle decides, hey, we're grabbing Kenny Pickett or we're going to grab Malik Willis in the draft. Assuming they're there when Seattle picks, which actually I don't even know if Seattle has a top 10 pick this year. I'd have to go back and look. But regardless, Carolina's taking either Pickett or they're taking Malik Willis. And But before I get into that from what I've heard as far as what other Steeler fans think we should do. With the whole Baker thing, okay, and I'm going to reiterate this yet again. If you are a Steeler fan that's going to sit there and say you want Baker Mayfield if he gets released by Cleveland, you do not. You do not. Why? Why would we want Baker? He's had glimpses of being that guy, but... Glimpses ain't good enough in the NFL. I'll listen again. I said it Monday and I'll say it again. I give him all the credit in the world for playing banged up. Not many quarterbacks would do it. He did it, and I'll give him credit for that. 
Again, I may bash the Browns. I may bash the Bengals. I may bash the Ravens. But I'll give I'll give said players their just due when they even shock me. And for Baker to play through a knee injury, a torn labrum, even though it's not his throwing shoulder, every time he's getting hit and tossed to the ground and landing on that shoulder, trust me, it's going to hurt. But would I want Baker on the, on the Steelers? No. No. I think you would actually see a lot of Steeler fans boycott and not watch, to be honest with you. I'll still watch the NFL. I just don't know if I could sit there and root for Baker Mayfield on the Steelers. I don't think I can do it. And I don't think the Steelers would do it. Because Baker would come in and he'd he'd probably overhype himself instead of humbling himself. And he'd probably want a shit ton of money and for what? And, you know, and we also discussed how, you know, Brown, a lot of Browns fans are anti-Deshaun Watson because of the 22-plus allegations. And accusations, whatever you want to call them. You're, you're entitled to that. Because let's call this what it is. Let, let, let's get, you know, let's get real. Let's not live in a world of fantasy and like we're living on, living on a, you know, on a sitcom TV show here. This doesn't end with an apology fixes it all by Deshaun Watson. This doesn't end by Deshaun Watson going out there and lighting it up in Cleveland. This is not how it ends. It doesn't even end on a high note if Deshaun Watson came out and admitted to some of it, a bit of it, or all of it. Okay? This is where the Cleveland is always going to Cleveland phrase has come from. They couldn't even handle getting Deshaun Watson right. The fact that you didn't even take the situation seriously to the fact that not only did you trade him, you awarded him this brand new contract, which actually I think part of it in the first year saves him money in the event he does get suspended. Now, because that's still out there. And of course, every Cleveland Brown fan has to sit there and you got to bring up Ben Roethlisberger's bullshit. Okay, so now here we go again. Ben Roethlisberger was suspended six games for his Reduced to four. And that was on one count. Okay? That was on one count. Okay? Let's not act like that Ben was the perfect child when he came into the league. Because he wasn't. Okay? Let's let's be real. Let's be honest. Because if we're going to talk real and we're going to be honest. And we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and being real and being honest. Well, I can't turn a blind eye to Ben's situation either. And nor am I going to. All right? But that was then, and this is now, Cleveland Browns fans do what Cleveland Browns fans do best, and that's live in the past, okay? All right? Not even Jim Brown freezing himself when he retired and then coming back to Cleveland would ever save you, okay? Bottom line is this. Deshaun Watson, granted, again, not indicted by a grand jury, but from NFL standards, this is where... Roger Goodell, find your balls. Find them. They're somewhere. I know where mine are every morning. They're in between my legs. All right? Find them and rectify the situation. So if Ben got if Ben got six games for one and it got reduced to four 
and Watson is 22. Now let's not act like, now let's not totally act like that Watson's perfect here either. I'm sure between these 22, there's a handful at the minimum that are accurately true. Okay? There has to be. There's no way out of 22 women that all 22 align. I'm sure for every five, one or two of them, it actually happened to. Okay? But again, we'll never know. You won't know. I won't know. The only ones who will know are those 22 and Deshaun Watson. And the fact that Cleveland only had a 30-minute conversation about all of it. Again, horrifically handled. This is why a lot of teams, even though they floated the idea, entertained, entertained the thought of bringing in Deshaun Watson, they knew this backlash would come. And that's why teams like Carolina, they pulled out. This is why teams like the Falcons wound up signing Marcus Mariota. And this is why the Saints played it safe and honestly went back to Jameis Winston. Now, would all this backlash have happened if the Steelers had gotten Deshaun Watson? Bet your ass it would have. It'd be far worse. Because it would be the wholesome ownership of the Roonies trade for accused rapist quarterback. And then you would call it Ben Roethlisberger 2.0. That's what you would call it. Okay? Where again, we don't know what happened in Ben's situation. Two people in a stall. Who knows? Deshaun Watson and 22 women though? Again, there's a couple you could throw in there that, hey, it might have happened. And, you know, and I'm not the only one who floated this idea around that Houston had any part of it. But apparently people are shutting that down. Like, why would an NFL team have anything to do with getting 22 women together to accuse their top quarterback at the time? You know, all because he wanted out because he wanted he wanted a change within the NFL. Again, it's not a far-fetched idea. It's not a far-fetched thought to think that maybe Houston would dive to those depths. But then again, if Deshaun Watson's so good and Deshaun Watson's so great, don't you think the Texans would have been more of a winning franchise than what they really were? So... For everybody sitting there that's for the, the Deshaun Watson trade to Cleveland and you're a Browns fan and you think that you're an automatic Super Bowl team yet again, need I remind you, you thought that when Baker was drafted and you thought that in Baker's sophomore year and you thought that in his third year and you thought that last year and you've been thinking it since Deshaun Kaiser and Brandon Whedon and friggin' Brady Quinn and Seneca Wallace, and Jason Campbell, and Josh McCowan 1.0, and Josh McCowan 2.0, because for those who don't know, Josh McCowan was a Cleveland Browns fan, a Cleveland Browns quarterback twice. They have more quarterbacks than Watson's got friggin' accusations on them. 
This is how delusional you Browns fans are. Because you all were clamoring for Baker. But all of a sudden, you don't want him. And now you want him back because now you don't like the new toy in the toy chest. Can't have you, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Cleveland. You can't have it. But I think we've beaten the Deshaun Watson thing to death. If you really want me to be honest, um, you know, there was something to get off the Deshaun Watson thing. I'm scrolling through Twitter yesterday. It was a little bit slow at work. And Andrew Filippani puts out a list of all these quarterbacks. They're not ranked. It's just a matter of names. So he put Josh Allen, Mahomes, Tua Tonga Viola, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones. There was, well, we said Derek Carr. There was a handful of them. Some of them have only been in the league one or two years. And he put how many of these quarterbacks is Mitch Trubisky better than? Well, first off, here's something I'm going to say. Don't put Mitch Trubisky against guys who have just been in the league for one year or going into their second year or their third year. Because Mitch Trubisky's better than them. Let's be real. You can call me crazy. Mitch Trubisky's better than them. And not only that, Mitch Trubisky, not for nothing, has a better win-loss record than Cleveland's new precious toy. Okay? We don't know what Mitch Trubisky's going to be in Pittsburgh yet. So why don't you all pump the brakes on who Mitch Trubisky's better than? I went through the list yesterday, and I already know Mitch Trubisky's better than Zach Wilson. He's better than Tua Tonga Viola. He's better than Mac Jones. Okay? He's, he, let's put it this way. He's even better than Derek Carr. I put him past Derek Carr. And Derek Carr's been in the league longer. Okay? Now, we don't know what Mitch Trubisky's going to be. Is he going to be the guy who learned under Josh Allen and, some, and maybe something's rubbed off? Is he going to be that guy who had a minute success in Chicago when we see glimpses of how good Mitch Trubisky could be? We don't know yet. But what I do know is that if this is a temporary stopgap and the Steelers and Mike Tomlin loved what he saw from Malik Willis yesterday, the Steelers are going to have to do the unthinkable and they're going to have to get into that top 10. Now, you could trade with the Giants for that second pick, I think, which is the seventh pick, and Willis would fall to you there. But if you don't do it, you're not getting your quarterback of the future. The only way the Steelers are really going to get a quarterback of the future is by doing the unthinkable. Which they rarely do, and when they do it, it's usually for a big name, a big move. It's something to improve the team in a big way. Now, they did it with Minka, and he's all cried. We need a safety. We need a safety. So what does Kevin Colbert do? He trades the first-round pick to get the guy who wants out of Miami. Who's Minka Fitzpatrick? And he's all cried. Just, well, now we don't have a first-round draft pick. Yeah, I got it six months early. 
And Mink has been everything we thought we'd been. You sit there and say, well, he doesn't have, like, an all 13 interceptions, and he doesn't have it because they're not throwing the ball in his direction because they know they can't because he's a, because he's got, the, he's got a fucking sonic radar on the damn ball. He'll find it one way or the other. Okay? This is why, this is why, because somebody asked me the other day, why is there so much bickering within the Steeler fan base? Because you have a percentage that don't know a goddamn thing. Then you have the rest of us who know what's best. Who knows what we should do. And if everybody's talking, we need Malik Willis. Well, we know what Colbert and Tomlin are going to have to do. They're going to have to do the unthinkable. And that's trade away part of their draft capital. I'm not saying give up two first-round draft picks. But what they could do... now. If Gettleman was the GM, you could get away with this one. And I don't think you're going to get get away with this with this new regime in New York. You could have swapped picks with the with the with the Steelers and the Giants, and that would have been it. That would have been it. Give up nothing else, and we get Malik Willis. I think to move up to that seventh pick, the Steelers are going to have to get a little more creative. Dare I say, send Mason Rudolph to the Giants as part of it. Because what are you going to do if you do if you do draft Malik Willis? Does he he's obviously going to sit behind Trubisky. Rudolph becomes the number 3. Do I see the Steelers doing the unthinkable? I'll be honest with you. I think they sit comfortably at 20. As much as they like something, they probably look at it this way. Colbert and Tomlin are sitting there. And they're like, we like them. But what are we known for best? Scouting and bringing in young talent and making them big names that nobody would dare draft. And that's something that, to be honest with you, when you look at the wide receiver situation, Steelers need to do something now and in the draft. Listen, I'm all for I'm all for them bringing in Jarvis Landry for a year. I'm all for them bringing in OBJ for a year or two, especially if they wind up making Jerry Reese the new the new general manager. Because I posted this on I posted this on Facebook the other day. You know, listen, the Steelers interviewed Jerry Reese. Who drafted Odell Beckham Jr.? Jerry Reese. You don't think if you brought in Jerry Reese. OBJ might be like, this guy brought me into the NFL. Why not go with him to Pittsburgh? And he's coming off another, I get he's coming off another ACL injury. I understand. Which is why it won't cost you much. He would literally have to come in on a DJ Shark type deal, like like DJ Shark did in Detroit on a one-year bullshit show-me deal. And if he shows you, then we talk long term. But you need something to replace Juju. And speaking of that, I haven't gotten into it, and now I'm going to get into it. All right? From what I've seen and what I hear, Juju did everything he could to stay. Conflicting things I've read and have seen and have heard. Say that Pittsburgh didn't want to keep him, or I guess that Pittsburgh didn't want to pay him. But if he didn't want to stay in Pittsburgh, 
And for all you supposed real fans that, you know, well, I'm not going to really call you what you are. But if he didn't want to stay in Pittsburgh, why would he have rushed his rehab to come back to get us into the playoffs, a, a spot we shouldn't have been in, let's be honest, um, to play in the, the to play in that playoff game? And even though he was pretty much non-existent, but he did all that for the city of Pittsburgh. Then comes out and gives a thank you for everybody embracing him and making him feel at home. And even through all the homesickness, he should have felt he never had to feel it because, you know, Pittsburgh welcomed him as if he was born, bred, and raised there. Okay? Realize this. I've said it time and time again. We love the world of sports. We get an attachment to the players and we get an attachment to the team. But you have to disassociate yourself from that. You have to realize that this is a business. It doesn't affect them if they leave. They're getting money somewhere. Kansas City offered him what he gave him a one-year, almost $11 million deal. And then you then you're all on social media. I'm unfollowing Juju Snitch Schuster because he didn't stay in Pittsburgh. Again, like I've said time and time again, these athletes are humans just like you and me. So if I left where I am to go to a bigger corporate parts company, Somebody going to sit there that I worked with and go, well, I'm going to unfollow him because he left from there and he went to AutoZone. Really? 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 And then you got the ones, and, and this is the best part, and I'm sure those that are listening, I know my buddies at, at 1420 Sports will listen, so I'm dying to hear this. I'm sure they'll share the same thought process I have on this. So you, you buy jerseys. Doesn't matter the sport. You buy jerseys. And when a player leaves, or you buy memorabilia of said player, and you decide to break the memorabilia and burn the jersey, you, in essence, threw away this much. Let's say, I don't know, let's say you happen to know somebody who happens to have an Antonio Brown kicking the Cleveland Browns player in the face during a kickoff return. And even after Antonio Brown left, you it still hung proudly in your home. Okay? And let's say somebody also happens to have a salute to service Le'Veon Bell jersey and still wears it even though Le'Veon Bell went to the Jets, then the Ravens, Chiefs, and the Buccaneers, and still wears a Le'Veon Bell jersey because it's a Steeler Le'Veon Bell jersey, mind you. Okay? Why burn and break the memorabilia? You worked hard to buy the stuff, and then you turn around and burn it. You're a special kind of stupid. And I haven't seen anybody do it with the Juju jerseys yet, but I have seen people where they're mocking, and I love these videos, where they'll mock it, where they'll start to do it, like they'll bring the little fucking barbecue lighter close to it, and then click it off, and then put a thank you, good luck in Kansas City post-it on there. That's what you should be doing. 
okay? People hated the fact, and I got backlash for this that nobody really knows about, I, where I posted somewhere, I forget where I did it, where congrats to Mike Hilton, it's, it sucks to see you leave Pittsburgh, but you did what was best for you. And that's what you, got, that's what you people need to realize. These guys are supporting families because they have a special skill that allows them to make this insane amount of money to support their family. So if Pittsburgh's not going to give it to you and Kansas City is, well, hello, where, where would you go if you're Juju? And you people could sit there and say, you know, red's not your color, Juju, and you don't look happy in Kansas City. How do you know? And then you bash him because, oh, well, he did all the TikToks in Pittsburgh, but he won't do them in Kansas City. But yet you bashed him for doing TikToks in Pittsburgh. Who gives a shit? Who cares? And mind you this. He said it in last year's free agency period. He wanted to play with a good quarterback. He's not saying Mitch Trubisky isn't a good quarterback, but like every other person that gets to the NFL, what he wants most is a Super Bowl. His chances of winning that with Mitch Trubisky are in the billions. His chances of winning that with Patrick Mahomes are in the hundreds. Do the math. It makes sense. If I was Juju, I would have jumped to Kansas City too. You don't see me burning my Juju jersey. I don't see my ex-wife tearing down her Juju wall. Yeah, she has a Juju Juju Smith-Schuster wall. What of it? But those sitting there, I'm unfollowing you, Juju. I can't believe you would do this. You think that's affecting them? And then to sit there, and then you want to go with Juju Smith-Schuster's mother, and you don't like the fact that she called Pittsburgh Steeler organ- the, the, the Steelers organization loyalty into question that they didn't fight to keep Juju. Again, we don't know what happens behind closed doors in these contract negotiations. Pittsburgh probably threw him a lowball offer, and he probably said, well, you know, I did this, this, and this. And mind you, you sit there and you bash Juju, and you claim he's not this number one wide receiver. You fail to realize Juju is that gritty wide receiver that will fight for the extra yard. He's that gritty human that will fight to come back earlier than he should in order to help his team. So, even though he's gone this year, he very well could be back next year. And then those those of you jackasses that decide to burn your juju jerseys, you'll be right back on SteelerProShop.com or you'll be on Fanatics and you'll be looking for a deal of the day to get a new juju jersey if and when he comes back to Pittsburgh. But you're the same Steeler fans of. You know who you are because I've seen it. Where when Antonio Brown left Tampa, you were the same ones. And granted, I got pissed when they traded him off and he had his little antics and this, that, and the third. You were the same ones that said, bring Antonio back. This is why there's so much bickering in the Steeler fan base. Because you have the clueless... And then you have the we live in reality fan. Okay? That's why there's so much bickering in the Steeler fan base.
That's why. Because you have Steeler fans that, like myself and other ones that in the Pittsburgh area, or not even in the Pittsburgh area, but that follow the Steelers to such an extent that we do podcasts where it's not where, well, theirs are more predominantly based on Pittsburgh sports, where mine is just more based on, you know, everything around it. And yeah, I talk about the Steelers a lot because that's my team, even though I live in New York. And I'll talk about Jets, Giants. And, you know, and I'll, you know, and we didn't even get into baseball in this one. And we will get into it. You know, maybe I'll do one Friday. We might get three episodes in one week. Who the hell knows? Um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll delve into baseball on the next one. Either I'll do one tomorrow, I'll do one Friday. We could talk about the mess of the Yankees and... And all that nonsense. So, until the next one, again, thanks to my buddies at 1420 Sports, as always, for listening, following, retweeting. My buddy, Torch the Poet, Nate's Daily Wager. Um, again, I go through the list, but I'd be recording for days and days and days. Um, you see if Jay could get, get together Sunday. We'll bang out a video, and we'll go over a lot of stuff then. So I'm sure, you know, everybody's going to want to hear his input on a lot that's been happening. Um, so till the next one, everybody stay safe. Cleveland, don't forget to always Cleveland. You know, I'm going to try to get that trademarked. So till the next one, stay safe. And as always, peace.